0: If you don't know us, we were here um, a year ago, a little bit about us, like I said, we're, our ministry is called Agents for Christ, there's eight of us, and uh, we we traveled a long way just sharing the gospel, wherever we went, we knew uh, that anywhere we went, that people needed to know Jesus, and when we, I was a police detective um, for a lot of years, and God, uh, but I was a, living a double life, I was also a drug addict, and God opened my eyes to see my sin, and, and I and my need for a savior. And I cried out to him and he transformed my life. And, and uh, spoke to me one day that I was going to be a missionary to this country. And we took a leap of faith. Continued doing evangelism where God had planted us. And we took a leap of faith and, and when we, to, to sell everything. And uh, just to follow God wherever he leaded. And we came to this verse. We knew this was our calling. And it says, now then we are his representatives. We are agents for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. We beg you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. And that's the ministry of reconciliation. Pleading with people, begging people to come, that their sins be forgiven, to to, uh, believe, to trust in Jesus. and, And that they would receive that great trade. For it says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. That great trade that we can trade our sins for his righteousness. That's our calling Everywhere we, anywhere in the world, any city, any street, any store, any gas station, everywhere USA, people need to hear about Jesus. So we knew that wherever we went, God was going to was use us and we'd share the gospel as he led. Evangelism training, we've been blessed to share this message, um, equip and encourage people to share their faith wherever God has planted them. Impact, like I said, I was a police detective, I was also an addict and God used um, uh, that training as a cop and also my experience as an addict to encourage kids and teach kids about the dangers of drugs and alcohol and encourage them to follow Jesus and worship. Dave and Deanna are gifted worship leaders, and it's amazing how through worship and praising God, it just draws people unto himself. And all across the country... Uh, you know as a guy we 'd go out we 'd sit down in the parks or skateboard parks or you know wherever God led us in, and just start worshiping the lord and it 's amazing how it just draws people to to God, how God draws him to himself through the people' worship and uh, One story that I share all the time in Wilmington, North Carolina, it was a powerful uh, time when we went out in a group we went to a city park in Wilmington, North Carolina. And we just sat down, and there was a big covered area, a picnic area, and we sat down. We just, there was about 15 of us, and we just started worshiping God and praising God. And some people came up, and one of the guys came up. He actually borrowed Dave's guitar and started playing and played this worship song I'd never heard. It was a pretty cool song, and praising God. And, and we just began to worship, and he sat there and just started to weep. And he just began to cry out to God, and he confessed to us that he'd been backslidden, and he'd fallen far from God. He'd walked away, and he wanted to repent and trust and and turn his life back over to Christ. And we got the privilege of there praying with that man and seeing him repent and, and turn his life from his sins to Jesus. And that's been an awesome thing to see through worshiping God, drawing people to himself. Our goal ultimately is to edify the body of Christ. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And the greatest way we can share love is through telling them about the God who is love, Jesus. We're going to watch a video here. It's called Eight Reasons Why People Don't Share Their Faith. It's very funny. <laughs> it's uh, got a lot of humor, but there's a lot of truth. So let's watch this video. If you can play the next video. Brad, I've got a friend who is not Christian. And I was just hoping maybe you talk to him a little bit and we'll see what happens. You know, know. I, I could, but I uh, better What's
1: that? for yeah. 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 Yeah, Okay, so you guys, uh, you heard about Jesus before? Jesus, yeah. What <laughs> oh, you the hell? What is up with you whats you guys whats up with you whats up with Oh, it's true. My faith is. Well, I'm afraid I might say the wrong thing. Send somebody to hell. Shane, I want to be forgiven of my sin. I want to receive Christ. That is awesome, man. There's just one thing I want to confirm to you first. What's that? That's a good. He was a sick cow. Wait, we go to the cow? And it doesn't mean birthdays. You're right. You're wrong. This is awesome. Amen. No! Stop! The second reason why I don't share my faith is I don't want people to think I'm a religious man. Jesus, yeah. i like to talk to you a little bit about Jesus. Jesus, I do Oh, okay you! Oh, yes, you are! You! You're so What about myself <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And the number one reason why I don't share my faith is because I don't know that. And what if somebody asks me a question and I don't know the answer? Then what? Then what do I do? I'm ready to receive the salvation But just got one last question. How does transsiation correspond with the ecclesiastical movement to eschatological (laughs) events? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. He's going to hell. He's going to hell! (laughs) Well you know she uh ain't sure if reasons so vividly, but but they're not really reasons, they're excuses.
0: Ouch. Well, that's uh, a lot of truth and a little bit of humor. You know, to, to be honest with you, we've been doing this for a long time—like five years—doing street evangelism, and, and every single time we go out on the streets, it, it never—we're uh, never really that excited. The devil tries to bring dissension and uh, fear. The devil works through fear quite often, or most of the time, and. And, you know, you're almost, you know, saying why I don't feel like going. But, you know, when you just go and you, you go outside your comfort zone and you just step out and say, God, use, use me. I want to share you with the, the world. Every single time when we come home, we go dragging our heels and come back praising God. Because it's an amazing thing to be used by God to share his truth and to influence eternity in other people's lives. You know, that's my heart for for this church body is that we would be willing to uh, share that that message that Jesus, clicker's not working, the message of of Christ. You know, and and the, the truth of the matter is that it's not something that we have to do. I mean, it is commanded, we're going to talk about that, but I don't want, that shouldn't be our heart. It shouldn't be our heart that I have to go out and share the gospel. Your heart should be, I get to share what Jesus did for me with others. I mean. You know if we were. Walking by a, a car accident. and You see people trapped in there. I know everyone in this room would go and do something to save them. Because we see that's a real threat. A real danger. But the truth of the matter is everyone without Christ. They're in a worse worth of a danger. And we need to. You know, pray that God would give us the, the strength and the, uh, the, the words and the courage to, to share Christ with whoever He puts in our life. And we get to do that. We get to share Jesus. Start out here with the, uh, continuing with the Million Dollar Question. This is a gospel track. We use this all the time. They have them here at the church. I'm sure Rory will buy more. Uh, it's a great witnessing tool because it's a, kind of a, it's, it looks like a real, a real bill. It's got the gospel message on the back, and it has the Million Dollar Question. And uh, I use this question all the time, and I, I want to challenge each and every one in this room with this question. And I'm not asking to raise your hand or to shout out, um, but I just the Bible says to examine yourself. You all need to examine our own hearts, see that the truth is in us. And you know, the million dollar question, all right, is well, I don't need the slide, but I'm trying to keep up. The slide, the million dollar question is: Are do you, if you were to die tonight, do you know for certain that you're going to heaven? That is the million-dollar question. And the reason I asked the question and the reason I'm asking you today is for assurance. If you don't have the assurance of eternal life, this is, all right, there we go. If you don't have assurance of eternal life, you're surely never going to share that what you don't have with somebody else. For a long time in my life, I, I had no idea uh, anything. I didn't care about the gospel. And I never shared it, even though I had knowledge about Jesus in my head. But when I saw the great things that Jesus did for me, he set me free from my sins and gave me eternal life by his work on the cross. That message of a new life I wanted to share with others because the truth of the matter is without, without Christ, people are dying, going to hell. I was uh, on the internet looking at the, on, uh, the statistics of how many people are on death row in this country. And there's like 3,297 people on death row. And... Uh, have been sentenced to death by a court in this country. And God just really opened my eyes to and to just brought this to my attention is that, you know, they they, without a pardon from the governor or a higher authority, they're going to be executed. Or they have the sentence of death hanging over them. And they need a par- they need to be pardoned. And I'm thinking about that, and the people on the streets, if they don't know Jesus, they too have a death sentence. It says in the Bible, the wages of sin is death. And the great news is that God already signed their pardon in his blood on the cross. The pardon has already been signed. They just need to receive it. And I don't know about any of you here today. Maybe you came in here, you, um, you, came, you wanted to know Jesus. You're, you're struggling. You don't know for sure that you're going to go to heaven. You don't know uh, about Jesus. You know, you don't, you, today is a day of salvation. I pray that you leave here with that assurance. Because it says in the Bible, in 1 John five thirteen, I write these things that you may know you have eternal life. It's not a maybe, it's not possibly, it's not I hope so. You can know for sure. And then I ask you the second question. If you were to stand before God in heaven and he was to ask you, why should I let you in? Or what would you say to God? Why should he let you into heaven? What would you say? And the purpose of that question is to know what people are trusting in. What are you trusting in today? And most people think they're, they're saved by their good works. The Bible says that our, our good works are as filthy rags. Our good works will never save us. And what would you say? Do you know what you would say to God if he was to ask you why should I let you? in? do you know that you're saved and that you're tr- and what you're trusting in? So many people don't know. You know, the, the truth of the matter is it's, it's, a, it's a sad thing. The Bible is very clear. It's a sad thing that people don't know the truth. The Bible is very clear. It says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will or you shall be saved. It's not a maybe. Maybe you came in here trusting in your good works. You thought you had to earn salvation by doing a set of works. I'm here to tell you that you, don't, you can stop striving at being good enough because none of us are. We're all sinners. All have sinned to fall short of the glory of God. It says there, repent and believe in the gospel. Maybe you need to... Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you haven't trusted in Jesus. Maybe you're trusting in your good works. I know in my life, I was trusting in the wrong thing. I was trusting in, uh, uh, I really didn't trust in anything about getting to heaven, but I was trusting in my life to to the things of this world to bring satisfaction. And I and I uh, ultimately was led into <clears throat> destruction. And I had to <clears throat> repent, and turn from my sins. When God opened my eyes to see my sin and that I was going to hell, I had a choice I had to make. And I had to, turn from my sins, repent and trust in Jesus. And that's what we all need to do. Maybe you need to repent from your good works because our good works aren't going to save us. We need to place our trust in Jesus. Believe in the gospel. Believe is an action word to place your trust in. And that's what we all need to do. And it says repent and believe the gospel. What What does it mean to repent? So many churches are preaching a health and welfare message that says, come to Jesus, say these simple little prayer, and and your life's going to be made perfect, and you're going to be rich. It's not what the gospel teaches. The Bible teaches that we're our sinners, and we need a Savior, and His name is Jesus. And we need to turn from our sins and place our trust in Jesus, that our sins may be forgiven, that we will receive eternal life. Because of that great... Work that he did, his works, not that we did it. He did it. We can't do it. He did it for us by dying on the cross, and he rose again the third day, ascended into heaven, and he will come again. And we can be ready today, placing our trust in Jesus, so we don't have to worry, we don't have to fear death, we don't have to fear if he comes back, because it says no one knows the time nor the hour when Jesus is coming back. We need to repent and trust in Jesus, and you shall be saved. Repentance is a, a, a message throughout the gospel, throughout the Bible. It says in Acts 3.19, it says, repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out so that the time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. It says that in Acts 3.19, that's a message we need to share with people, the truth that we're sinners and we need a savior and his name is Jesus. What is the gospel? And that one of those, uh, his excuses was he didn't know enough. How many people here know John 3.16 by memory? If you know John 3.16, you know the gospel. That is the gospel in a nutshell. It's a simple message. It says it all in John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That message is the gospel. We can share that with anyone, anywhere, says it all. It says, For God so loved the world, He loved us so much, He knew we were dying in our sins and we had no way to be saved, that He sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross in our place, that whoever believes in Him would place his trust in Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross to pay for our sins, repent and turn from their sins, would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the gospel, coupled with our testimony. Our testimony is powerful. It's what Jesus did for us. What did Jesus do for you? That's your testimony. Testimony is a simple message. It's where you were, that time, that day when you recognize your sins, you turn from your sins and repented and place your trust in Jesus and then what he's done from, from that day till today. I pray that happened in everyone's life. It says, unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of heaven. We all should be able to say, maybe not the exact date. I know the exact date, April 20th, 2004, when I walked in my pastor's office carrying a burden of sin, confessed my sins, repented, and walked out of there free Man, not by what I did, but what Jesus did. Your testimony is powerful. It's the power of God. It says in Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb that was spilled to cover, to pay for our sins, to wash our sins away. The word of our testimony, that we received that for ourself, that we received that free gift, and that we did not love our lives to the death. What's your testimony? In Columbus, Georgia, a little boy stood up. He said, we were sharing with a youth group this evangelism training class, and he said, sir... I don't have a testimony. He said, I was raised in a Christian home. And at a very young age, I recognized my sin and I asked Jesus to be my Savior. And I followed him every, every, every single day since. And I've walked with Jesus all my life. I don't have a testimony. And I said, praise be to God. Because that is the greatest testimony that anyone could ever have. If you're young and you're sitting here listening to me and you have that testimony... Follow Jesus every day of your life, because I'm here to tell you the world is full of lies, drugs, and money and all that stuff will never satisfy. Only Jesus will fill that thing in your heart that you need. We were made and we were created to have a relationship with Jesus. My testimony, and I encourage you to memorize your testimony, be ready to share it anywhere, anytime, thirty seconds to a minute. My testimony goes like this: that I was raised in a Christian home and I ran from God. And I ran from God for about twenty years. And after running for about 20 years, I was left with nothing but sorrow and pain and sin and destruction in my life. But I remembered what my parents taught me and I cried out to God. And he forgave me. He gave me new life and he set me free from my sins. And I follow him every single day from that day till today. And you can do that too. What's your testimony? We need to be able to share that. If you don't have a testimony, if you've never accepted Christ, maybe today is the day. Maybe today is the day that you open your heart to Jesus. You turn from your sins and place your trust in him. Because his promise is for everyone. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why do we preach the gospel? Ultimately, it is commanded. This command is not just for me. It's not just for Rory. It's not just for the elders, the deacons. It's for every single person in this room. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's a command, but it also comes with a promise. It says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus doesn't send you out alone. He's not going to send you unequipped. He sends you with his spirit. You are the temple of the living God. He will wants to dwell in you and empower you to be, his, be a witness and to share. I don't know if anybody here is a Keith Green fan. I really love Keith Green's music. He has amazing passion for Jesus. He died way too soon, but I praise God for his music. Still lives on through CDs and, and videos. There's a video on YouTube. And Keith Green's playing the piano and he's preaching from the piano bench, which he loved to do. And he says, in a military organization, you always obey the last command given. And we are a military organization. We are the Lord's army. And the last command given was right there. But I don't want you to think you have to do it. You get to share the gospel. If that message of salvation has been real in your life and you've trusted in faith. Because it's the faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you've placed your trust in that message and Jesus... And you should want to share that with others. Because if you don't, you, you don't have to. I think you do. It's commanded. I don't want to confuse you. But the truth of the matter is I want you to understand that we get to. My heart is that God would give you compassion for people. Second reason we, work, we share the gospel is because he's worthy. It's as worthy as the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing, the reward of his suffering is every single solitary soul. Jesus died on the cross for every single person, and his reward of his suffering is those people that he died for. He spilled his blood for them. We need to share that that he would receive his reward, and it's the only way to salvation. I encourage you to carry a Bible everywhere. I carry a couple. I carry this. I really like this. My street preacher Bible. It's small. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one shall come to the Father but through me, and people don't like that message. Many people want to say that all roads lead to God, and they can continue and do anything they want, and they're going to go to heaven in the end. One of my friends, Jim Cottrell, he's been a pastor for like 40 years. He had a huge influence in my life. And he was walking down Hollywood Boulevard in the 70s as a hippie. And a little old lady came up and pointed him in the face. And he said in kind of a confronting manner and said, are you born again? If you're not, you're going to hell. Something to that effect. And he was like, get all fired up, ready to like fight, argue with this lady. And the lady pulled out her little Bible and pointed to John three three and said, unless you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And the argument went from between Jim and this little old lady to Jim and the gospel, Jim and the God. It's not our message. It's God's message. It's God's word. And we're just to share it, share the truth and love and leave the rest to him. But there is no other way to salvation. And we need to share that way with the lost people around you. How do we prepare? It says in John fifteen four and 5, it says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in me, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And he makes it pretty clear, for without me you can do nothing. We need to have an abiding, close, personal relationship with Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And through that relationship with him, through that indwelling and the filling of the Holy Spirit, through that relationship, through prayer and reading the word and worship and fellowship with uh, fellow believers, that we are abiding and being filled by God, that we could be his witnesses. For it says, without me, you can do nothing. If we went out there to one of those trees and hacked off a branch and threw it on the ground, it would die. That's the way it is with us. If we aren't connected and abiding with Christ, we have no spiritual, our spiritual life will die. Uh, Somebody read something. Uh, I read it on a, one of those little billboards. You go by churches. It says, I'm sure I'm going to get this wrong. My wife will correct me. It says, one week without Jesus makes you weak. Something like that. A week, uh, you know, I don't know. She can, my kids even testify to it. Without Jesus, if I don't get up and put God first in my life every day, you notice the difference. Without Jesus as Lord of my life and in, in filling me, uh, I have no power to be his witness prayer prayer and evangelism are inseparable pray 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 and pray some more prayer and evangelism we need to pray it says pray to the lord of the harvest that he would raise up workers for his harvest it's his harvest he's lord of the harvest he need to pray that he would raise up workers in this church pray that the lord would guide you give you the strength give you the encouragement the power to be his witness that he would lead you to who he wants you to witness to i encourage you to pray and to pray and pray some more. Pray for the people. Pray for the people around you. Pray. Pray that the Lord would prepare the hearts of the people that he's going to share, have you share with. And we need to pray for the Holy Spirit's power. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. I've never been to Jerusalem, Judea, or Samaria. One day I hope to go there. Right now, we're in the remotest part of the earth. I think Pineville, Oregon might actually fit that title. But this is an awesome place where God has planted you to be a witness. This is a great little town, less than 11,000 people, where you can get to know the people and really share the love of Christ and be a true light. And we need to pray that God would give us the power, that pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon us to be his witnesses. Ultimately, sharing the gospel, it's a simple message. How, how do we share the gospel? How do I share the gospel? I have found that the way that I'm going to teach you or uh, give you a little tools that I've found to be most effective. I use tracks. I carry tracks around in my pocket all the time. Different tracks. Little, I like business card-sized tracks because they fit in my pocket easily enough. But million-dollar bills are a great track, too. And this will work in any situation. It would work with your family members. It would work with your neighbors. It would work with your friends. It works, in if you're walking up to somebody on the street at Walmart or at the store or wherever you're going, if there's somebody you know, I would just I would use a track like this. Hey, do you, you see, ever seen one of these? I was Somebody gave this to me the other day. You know, have you ever checked it out? It's got the million-dollar question on the back. Have you ever heard the million-dollar question? It says, if you were to die tonight, are you going to go to heaven. Have you ever given that much thought? Ultimately, in any situation, you have to jump from... This, the uh, conversation about the natural to the spiritual. And it's just, you have to be bold to do it because it never really quite feels comfortable. But we we usually share with people I don't know. I may, may I never see them again. I pray to see them in heaven. But, uh, you know, we use tracks as icebreakers. Icebreakers to just start that conversation. I hand it to people. I don't say, would you like one of these? I say, did you get one of these? It says to be gentle as a dove and... Uh, Sly as a serpent and gentle as a dove, right? So we want to play on their greed. People are greedy. You say, did you get one of these? And they act like, oh, what did I miss out on? You ask them, do you want one? And then they're like, I don't know. No, thank you. But whenever you say, did you get one of these? People grab it and go, whoa, what is it? Like they missed out on something. And you know, you got to use discernment. If people walk away, they don't want to talk to you. You can kind of see in their eyes. They're not interested and they're in a hurry or whatever. Uh, you know, I always try to plant a seed and say something, you know, whatever that God puts on your heart. But I usually say something like, Jesus, just want to let you know Jesus loves you and died on the cross for your sins. Just plant some seed as they're walking away. But if they take it, say, I say, did you get one of these? They take it and go, whoa, what is it? I take that as a divine appointment. God just gave me to share the gospel with that person. And then I use the two questions, the same two questions I asked you. And then the word of God is a life changer. The word of God is living and active. And I encourage you to, to pick verses, find verses that you, use, that you can use to share, share the gospel. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Revelation 3.20, different verses that you can use to share the gospel, underline them. And when you have that opportunity, hold the Bible up and say, read that, what does that say? Let them read it out loud and then say, what does that mean to you? Let the word of God, living and active, do its job in their hearts. The Holy Spirit, through the word, convicting their hearts. Ultimately, I, I do use this method, method almost all the time. As we've traveled around the country, about 75% of the people that we that stop and talk to us claim to be Christians. And that's pretty much general all the way across the country. It's a little lower in some areas, higher in others, but generally 75%. And I ask this question to the people that are willing to talk to us. They say, yeah, I'm a Christian. And I ask them the first question. Are you? Do you know for certain if you were to die tonight, you're going to go to heaven? And the sad thing is that most people say they're Christians, they don't know the answer. But that question is very, it gets right to the point. It's very, an awesome question, it's not the only question, it's just a question that I use and I found it to be very effective. And there's really only three possible answers, yes, no, or maybe. People say, no, I know I'm not going to heaven, I'm a sinner, I'm going to hell. Which, you know, or one, one kid said, I'm, I'm going to hell and I'm happy about it, which, you know, I think he was probably just clowning around. We had one guy in Bowling Green, Kentucky, I knocked on his door. We were inviting him to an outreach. I knocked on his door and started talking to him, inviting him to the outreach, gave him an invitation. And I said, you know, I asked him this question: Do you know if you were to die tonight, do you know you're going, that you're going to heaven? And uh, he said, No, I need to repent. I was like, Whoa, I wasn't expecting that answer. I said, Well, you know, and that leads me to the next another point: We need to be good listeners, right? We just can't go right to the, you know, right. You know, this like textbook. Well, you know, he says this, then we do this. We, we got to listen to what they say and respond to what they say. He said, I need to repent. And I said, whoa, when are you going to do that? And he said, well, maybe I'll come on Sunday and do it, do it on Sunday. And I said, well, what if you don't make it till Sunday? And he said, well, I, I don't know. And you saw with just kind of tears in his eyes. He said, I, I'm a sinner and I know I've sinned, but I don't know what to do. And over the next 45 minutes, I got to share the gospel with that, that guy. And I left there, you know, he prayed and repented and trusted, placed his trust in Jesus. And it was one of the most, it's, it's the greatest thing you can ever be part of, is to share the gospel with somebody that a divine appointment. And it all came through asking that question. They like said, if they say no... You're not going to ask a second question. If they say, no, I'm not going to heaven, then you, I usually say, well, the Bible says I write these things that you may know. In First John 5.13, it says, I write these things that you may know you have eternal life. Would you like to know? And then I share John 3.16 or share the gospel with them. But most of the time, people say, yes, or maybe. They say, oh, yes, I'm going to heaven. I'm a Catholic. Or, yes, I'm going to heaven. I'm a good person. Or, maybe, I hope so. I've done good, a lot of good stuff in my life. I'm a pretty good guy. And that's the normal answer. Yes, I'm going to heaven. And then I ask the second question. Why should God let you in is a simplified version. Why should God let you into heaven? Or the textbook EE uh, question is if you were to stand before God and he was to ask you, why should I let you in? What would you say? I'm here to tell you that most people say I'm because I'm a good person. They think that they have to earn salvation. Now, that, where do they get that? Is it churches are teaching that. Because it's not what the Bible teaches in any way, shape, or form. The Bible says nothing about good works and salvation. So it's sad. We need to be out there sharing the truth. And you know, when people say they're a good person, I, I use the good person test. It's, it's uh, you know, the Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And the law of God, the Ten Commandments, is perfect, com- converting the soul. It says the law is our tutor that leads us to Christ. The Ten Commandments are found in Exodus chapter 20. We need to use the law in the, the way God intended it, to convict us, to show us our need for a Savior. We're going to watch a video in just a second. But it's an amazing thing. You see people, they're all proud. Oh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to heaven. I'm a good person. Or the one guy, a uh, story just came to my mind in Knoxville, Tennessee. I came up to a guy and a wife, and he said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to heaven. I'm a Catholic. I said, well, you know, you're a Catholic. What does that, what does that mean? He said, well, I've, I've been a good person. I've followed, you know, done this. He said a bunch of good works. And I, I took him through law and I asked him these exact questions. And I just saw half, about halfway through his head just dropped. And he said, wow. And you saw his whole demeanor, his whole uh, personality change as he just recognized his sin. The tutor showed him that he was not a good person. He was a sinner that needed a savior. And I usually ask this questions a similar way. I say, have you ever heard of the Ten Commandments? And, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, I've heard of them. One kid said, oh, yeah, I've heard of the Ten Commandments. Uh, one of them is um, uh, my right to bear arms. <laughs> I said, no, no, dude, not the Bill of Rights, the Ten Commandments. Most people can name a couple. I usually, uh, you know, they'll try to name them and I'll stop. Okay, well, you've named one or whatever they've said and listening to what they say and then responding. I'll say, I'll take them, let's look at a few. I usually use the same three. Thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt, not, or shalt honor your father and mother. But you can use any of the Ten Commandments. Do not take the Lord's name in vain, have no other gods before me, you know, any of the Ten Commandments. Obviously, it's all God's law. And we take them through. I ask them the direct questions. Have you ever told a lie? Or how many times in your life have you told a lie? And the hope is that as you're asking them these questions and they're acknowledging their sin, they're admitting that they broke God's law. Have you ever stolen anything? What does that make you? A thief? Have you disobeyed? It says, honor your father or mother. How many times have you disobeyed your parents? And, you know, and then depending on what they've said, you know, something that, you know, obviously we're listening to what they say. Have you, I took you only through three, three and you've admitted to being a liar and a thief and disobedient to your parents or disobedient to God because God tells you to obey your parents. And on Judgment Day, if God was to judge you by the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? And they might try to say innocent, but I say, well, you just admitted to lying. Would you be innocent? You just admitted to your own guilt. And they say, oh, yeah, I guess I'd be guilty. I say, would you go to heaven or hell? And I'm telling you, it's an amazing thing to see the Holy Spirit work through you and through God's law, through his word, to penetrate people's sinners' hearts and to open their eyes to see their sin um, and I, you, know, you ask them if you're going to go to heaven or hell, and when they say hell, it, you'll see people just sink. And like I said, it doesn't always. Some people are hardened. They're so hardened sinners. They're is seared to the point where they, they don't care. But the when it happens, when you, God uses you and you see a, a, a good person, a person who thought he was good, be convicted of their sin and recognizing their need for a Savior, it's an amazing thing. And then they're ready to hear the good news. We're going to watch this video. It's Ray Comfort witnessing on the beach in California, watch this. Watch this guy's eyes as as uh, as the Holy Spirit just can fix the kid of his sin.
1: In India, um, yes, Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt. not commit adultery. Thou shalt not. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I you. Yeah. Now, do you think you get those change commands? Um, yes. If you were told a lie? Well, at some times, you know, most every human does. So you broke that one. So, what do you call if you tell a lie? A liar. If you were stolen, no sir happened. Even something a little bit small. Be honest before God. Well, I gets a little, stuff. Like, maybe like a piece of corn a piece of time. So, what does that make you? Ah, that's you are I guess. Thief. See, see, the value of the thing you steal doesn't make any difference. If I open the water to say that one dollar, it's as bad as saying that 100 bucks on the thief. And Jesus said that if we look at the woman and ask after we can put adultery in the very heart. You haven't done that. Um, oh, sorry. Is that of um, well, sir. Look at the woman and ask. Oh, well. If we look at the woman and laughing at you, he doesn't think you're speaking the truth. Well, I mean, Yes, I have looked at a woman, you uh, know. You've told another lie. Right? Yes. But you're 31 totally of them. So you've broken three commandments, but so I've only looked at three, you haven't looked at the other seven. And you've used God's name in vain. Yes, sir. Instead of using a full-headed filth word, you express the scouts have taken the name of the God who gave you life and used his name as a curse word, which is all blasphemy. So on judgment day, when God judges you by that standard, are you going to be innocent or guilty of breaking his commandments? No, oh, guilty of that and You're gonna get no help. So um, I think, I think I probably went to heaven in the sense that that's that's one thing that from now on I'll try to improve myself and that God might forgive me for the sins that I've broken. That so do you think God should let murderers, liars, and be and doggers into him? I guess not. So you're in big trouble, well, really hidden the hell, are you? Yeah. Is that consent? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it does. Because yes. there's nothing more valuable than your wife, is there? Would you sell one of your eyes for a million dollars? No, sir. Your eyes are precious to you, aren't they? And you other have a your soul. Your soul, when your wife looks at those, those eyes, and Jesus said, You're to despise the value of your eye and hid at the value of your soul. He said, If your eye causes you to sin. Plot it out and cast it from you, for it's better than the middle of our night that you're going to help both your eyes. Did you know when Jesus died on the cross? Why did For his sin. Sin? Well, he died for that sin, and the sins oh, of the world are for that sin, but you can sacrifice against everything else. Mm-hmm. And you know how to mm-hmm. uh, partake in that gift of salvation? Do you know what you should do? Mm-hmm. Well, if you were on a plane, and you had to jump and there's a parachute under the seat. So what would you do? Protect the parachute. You would not. You would just believe in it, wouldn't you? You not. Yes. If that the end of with Jesus, the Bible says, follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You do to repent, that's turn from your sins once for all, and put your faith in Jesus the same way you put your trust in the parachute. The moment you do that, the Bible says you will pass from death to life, you're going know have darkness and light, and you'll see God's gift of everlasting life.
0: Power of the law, God's Holy Spirit convicting the soul. Well, we're going to have every. Um, can the ushers pass out those bookmarks? I think we have enough for everybody. If you've got one of these before, I just ask that you not take another one. We don't have very many of them left. I think we have enough for everyone here. I um, just wanted to give you this bookmark, but while they're passing them out, I just want um, this thought here lot of the proud and grace to the humble. We need to be good listeners. We need to be willing to be obedient as God guides. Share the truth, what Jesus did in each one of us, and, then, and to listen to where the, that person, him or her, where they are in their walk, in their life. And, you know, if people are proud, they think they're a good person, we want to use the law. But if people are broken, they recognize their sin, like that man at the door said he needed to repent, I'm not going to beat him up with the law. He already recognizes his sin, and I'm going to share God's grace of what Jesus did on the cross for them. We have another funny video, but we don't have time, so we might watch it afterwards. Roy said a little... uh, Go and click happy. On the five-color gospel, uh, it's a very uh, common or popular way of sharing the gospel. Gold being heaven, black sin, red Jesus' blood, heaven or white faith, and green growing, and there were salvation or your relationship with Jesus. And we've used this as a tool, made a tool... Um, for you to carry around you can put it in as a bookmark in your Bible And it basically goes through the simple way that i've found most effectively to share The gospel with people on the streets And I used to carry on there's the green tracks out there How do you know or do you know it's a little green booklet I used to use that on the streets whenever I walked up to somebody and I would just read it to them because I Didn't I wasn't comfortable with sharing the gospel. I'd get nervous and I'd get tongue-tied that's something you could do with this if you were interested in, just to help you remind you of, of, of what to do. And like I said, I've done this for a long time, and I've just found this to be the most effective way. It's not the only way, it's just a way. It's just, uh, you know, it's one way that you can share the gospel. And the first two, uh, the gold is heaven, it says, do you know for sure, the two questions, do you know for sure you're going to heaven, and why should God let you in? And on the back, the verse, it says, I write these things that you may know you have eternal life. Depending on their answers, go to black as sin. If they are proud, they believe they're a good person, you use the law, law to the proud. If they're humble, they already recognize their sin, grace to the humble. Either the good person test or the good news on the back says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Take them through the law or if they already recognize their sin, you want to share the good news. Jesus is the good news because God loves us. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross in our place. And on the back is John 3.16. And then ultimately, if you're blessed to be used by God, to take person th- through the couple questions, they recognize their sin, they see their need for a Savior, you share that Jesus is that Savior, and ultimately we want to ask them if they want to receive that gift. It's something we each need to receive personally, just like you received this bookmark when they handed it to you. You need to receive it, and it's your own. It's your own personal salvation that Jesus, that we must receive. And it says, heaven is a free gift which must be received by faith. Believing in what Jesus did, that we can't earn it, that Jesus died on the cross and paid and bought it, purchased free heaven as a free gift. Repent and trust in Jesus. In the back is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Reassuring or reiterating that they can't earn salvation. They must be received by faith. And I encourage you to um, to... Invite them to receive it right there. Whether you pray with them or whether they, you tell them to cry out to God, that's up to you. My, the important thing is to make sure they understand what they're committing their lives to. As Jesus is Jesus They're at their sinner, they need a Savior, that Jesus is that Savior, and committing their life to Christ as their Lord. And you know, if, if you're blessed by God to be used to lead somebody to Christ, that is, that's just the first step in their, in their, in their spiritual walk says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and all things are new. The new creation that that we become when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And that's like a a baby. They need to be fed. We need to encourage them to grow. Green is grow. We need to give them a Bible. Encourage them to come to church. Invite them to church. Bring them to church. Pray with them. Pray for them. Encourage you to disciple them in any way that God leads. It's very important that we... You know, it's just one part of the, the equation. We want to win the loss. We want to evangelize. But that's just the first step. Then it's disciple. We need to disciple them. Now, ultimately, we can't make somebody drink. Can't make somebody, you know, drink of the living water or eat of God, living bread, you know, the bread of life. But we can encourage them and point them and pray for them and, and disciple them to the best of our ability. Really awesome story um, a pastor in Cincinnati or in North Kentucky, Calvary Chapel, told the story of how he came to Christ. And he was, uh, he rejected God and uh, Jesus in, the, in, in high school. Uh, and he only knew one Christian friend from high school, but he rejected Jesus and went his own way. And after 15 years of running, uh, he accepted Christ. And the only person that he knew that was a Christian was the same high school kid. He still had his number. He called him up. And this kid was overwhelmed because he had been praying for that guy his whole life. For the past 15 years, he had made a commitment to pray for him. God put it on his heart. He prayed for him. And when he found out that he had accepted Christ, this guy drove 50 miles to his house and made a commitment with him that every Monday he would drive 50 miles to come and disciple him, to read the Bible with him, pray with him, and teach him, and, and you know disciple him to uh, grow in that relationship with Jesus. And we might not all be called to do that, but we need to be willing to do our part to lead people and to grow in their in their relationship with Jesus. And then ultimately, our prayer is that God, is, as he leads, as he calls them to their gift, to their, their ministry, that, that they, God will send them. I'm going to call uh, the worship team to, to come up. You know, I don't, I don't know where you are in the... Uh, in your walk with Jesus maybe, maybe you walked in here carrying a burden of sin maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior or maybe you had the wrong understanding of the gospel that you thought you had to be good enough maybe you're convicted because you've been walking with Jesus for a long time and you just feel really convicted because you know you have God's been urging you and, and calling you to do something for him and you haven't been obeying I, I'm not sure where you are in your life I just encourage you to to cry out to Jesus. Acknowledging your sins. Admitting there's nothing you can do on your own. That he is the savior. See the cross as it is. That it's your only way to salvation. Cry out to Jesus and say, God, what is it that you have for me to do? Like Isaiah, he saw the Lord, he saw God's holiness, he saw the Lord high and exalted. And he saw his sin. And he said, woe is me, I am a person of unclean lips and I live among people of unclean lips. And he cried out to God that he would touch him. And God, one of the ministering spirits, one of the seraphim, flew and touched Isaiah. changed his life forever, he was free, he was forgiven And I can hear the Lord from the altar saying, who shall I send and who will go for us? And I can see Isaiah jumping up and down, saying, here I am, send me. And that's because Isaiah saw how holy a God that we serve. and He saw how sinful he was. And out of his gratitude that that holy God loved him so much, that he would send, Isaiah didn't know that then, but we can look at it now, we see the cross, that was foreshadowed through Isaiah, the cross, but we see the cross now, that God loved us so much, that he sent his only begotten son to die in our place, we broke the law and he paid our fine, I challenge you as they play this song, to examine yourself, what is God calling for you to do, if you've never accepted him, today is a day of salvation, god's convicting you or calling you to do something first of all i want to encourage you that if he's calling you he will provide for you where god calls he provides second of all get busy the end is near people need to know jesus